Here we go again, everybody. This one is for all the marbles. Well, the Jaguars game, I mean, not not this podcast. This, however, is the Jaguar Report Fantasy Football Podcast, and I am your host, Zach Schultz. I am so thankful and excited that we have the chance to claim back-to-back division titles. These are the days we have waited so stinking long for, friends, so soak it in. Okay, now that you are well soaked, it's time to move on. Half PPR as always. And up first is CJ Beathard. He was this week's QB 28. 9.52 fantasy points. He went 17 for 24, 178 yards. Um, yeah, not much to say here. Last week, I said if Beathard uh, were the one starting, I would avoid it at all costs, and you're better off streaming just about anybody else. Out of the quarterbacks who actually started their games, he finished above only Ryan Tannehill, Bryce Young, and Jaron Hall. It was pretty clear that uh, with a game plan tailored to him starting, the Jaguars weren't going to push the ball unless needed, and honestly, it was smart. Here's the part where I talk about the upcoming opponent and how they rank in fantasy scoring and such, but fantasy season is over. I don't know what to do with my hands. Travis Etienne, running back five this week, and he returned back to running back three for the year with 24.8 fantasy points. It's nice to talk about a big Etienne week again. I told you not to get cute championship week and bench him. I, I just really hope you listened. He took 16 carries for 102 yards with two touchdowns, including the the one uh, 62-yarder. And he added two catches for 16 yards. The Jags' defense, they just weren't going to allow the Panthers to do anything on offense, and there wasn't really a need to throw the ball much. And so I'm not surprised that uh, Etienne had a low receiving output this week. Although it was really nice for him to get rolling again after not hitting 20 fantasy points in a single game since week 9 before the bye. I really hope hope that ETN helped propel someone to a fantasy title. Calvin Ridley was this week's wide receiver 53, and he finishes the season as wide receiver 24. This week he had 5.9 fantasy points, and just not much to report on the Ridley front. He had another pedestrian day, catching four of eight targets for 39 yards. He was a borderline flex play without Lawrence last week. Ridley just doesn't offer the same ceiling with Beathard starting, and the game script didn't help his cause much here either. Evan Ingram was the tight end 10 this week, and he finishes the season as tight end 6, and he had 9 fantasy points this week. When with how this game went, no one in the passing game went off, but Ingram at least had a decent day catching all six of his targets for 60 yards. Uh, This one was more impressive than the box score or the fantasy score will show you because he made a couple of really nice catches and coverage for first downs, and his nine points didn't really lift you to a win this week, but he sure wasn't the reason you may have lost your championship, and that's always nice. So let's take a look at the week 17 betting card from my article. I went two and three 
Missed all three bets on the Jaguars game. The game total, Calvin Ridley, longest reception over 22.5 yards. And Bryce Young over 170.5 passing yards. I did hit Zamir White over 70.5 rushing yards. And Chris Godwin over 55.5 receiving yards. And my overall record still stays positive at 40-37. and 37. With one week to go of the regular season, but I will be doing playoff uh, betting stuff, even if the Jags do happen to get eliminated. So, hands up. This was my worst read of a Jaguars game all season. Yeah, the Panthers are the worst team in the league, but the Jags made me look silly by predicting them to win three times in the last four weeks leading up to this one. I'm not mad by any means because that game is exactly what they needed, especially about uh, especially without Trevor Lawrence. I thought both teams would at least put some points on the board and that 36 and a half would be a pretty easy over. Wrong. I thought CJ Beathard would be throwing it deep a handful of times as he's shown us in the past. Wrong. I thought Bryce Young would be able to muster up a measly 171 yards against a defense that allowed 300-yard passing games to guys like Jake Browning and Joe Flacco. Wrong again. Thankfully, I was saved by Zamir White and Chris Godwin, and quite frankly, I got lucky on both. Zamir White finished with 71 rushing yards, and I, you know, hit that one on the hook. And I caught this line early enough that uh, at 70 and a half because it, it rose to 72 and a half by game time. So if I bet this one later, I would have missed. Um, Chris Godwin, he was catchless at halftime, and he didn't even cash his prop until he caught a 47-yard touchdown pass with a minute and a half left in the game. When it was essentially out of reach, um, the Bucks, I think, they went for two and then missed, I believe. If they went for two and got it, they could have onside. And I think doesn't matter. They It was a slim shot for them to win. So it was pretty much garbage time. And I got lucky. All that to say that. Thank you, football gods, for the redemption here after completely whiffing on the Jags game. Uh, the Jags winning that one now brings them to 9-7 and seven against the spread this season. 4-5 and five at home. They stay at 5-2 and two on the road. They move to 7-3 and three as favorites, stay at 2-4 and four as underdogs. This week, they're minus 4 road favorites right now as a Friday evening and a 41-point game total. Jags have a win in their end scenario this week against the Titans. And honestly, what else do you need to root for? Trevor Lawrence remains questionable, so we don't really have many props available and by this point, I'm kind of used to that. Uh, ETN's rushing line set at 52.5. His rushing plus receiving is at 76.5. Ridley at 51.5 receiving yards. Ingram at 49.5 receiving yards. I do think uh, Ridley and Ingram are good to go over on those, regardless of who's starting. I also really like whatever Jaguars spread you can find. This team has looked their best with their backs against the wall. And it turns out this one here is kind of important. Titans also stink. And I think the Jags claim their second division title in a row here by at least a touchdown. Now I'm recording this one kind of later in the week and I already dropped my betting article. So I'm going to include those picks. Um, week 18 is weird and I generally go light on it each year. 
And uh, so it's just so many teams have nothing left to play for. Starters all over, getting rested for the playoffs. Um, the bets I do make, however, all have one thing in common, and they all come in games that matter. I don't want anything to do with trying to predict a game between two teams out of the playoff picture. Um, I've played player props most of the season, and honestly, even those can get murky in a game where a team might pull pull guys a little earlier than sooner. Um, with the playoffs, you know, on the horizon. And with that, I have two spreads I actually really like. And both of them are kind of gut plays uh, for me, but sometimes you just got to ride with your gut. And the first one's the Houston Texans, minus one over the Colts. CJ Stroud's back. He had one game to readjust himself back in. Should be a full go this week. I'm surprised they're only favored by one, to be honest. Um, both teams are coached well, and both, you know, I would say, like, play mediocre defense. And there's one big difference here, and it happens to be the most important position on the field. So, uh, yeah, I'm easily going to put my money on C.J. Stroud and the Texans here. I also really like the Bears plus three against the Packers. Winning four out of their last five games, the Bears are playing much better football. Their only loss in that stretch was against the playoff-bound Browns. Their defense is much improved since trading for Montez Sweat, and Justin Fields is on a mission to prove he is Chicago's long-term starter. Or anybody's long-term starter. The Packers are fighting for the last wild-card spot in the NFC, which also gives the Bears the shot to play spoiler to their biggest rival. I do think the Bears win this one outright, but I'm going to I'm gonna stay safe and take the plus three here. That's all I got for you guys this week. Next week, I'm going to do a uh, like season review on the fantasy guys here. And hopefully be previewing some betting stuff for a wildcard matchup. A Jaguars wildcard matchup, that is. Other than that, that's all I got. Go Jags.